so great to be with my brothers and sisters tonight and everyone out there. We love you. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, guys. That was awesome. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. So great. Well, tonight I'm just going to have a continuation of what I did last time, uh, just kind of going on with that. I feel like the Lord did a little bit of a download and some of the things that he wanted to just, you know, pour through me. And anyway, so I'm really excited. Some of you who've been in Sunday school with me, you're going to hear something. But hopefully my prayer is, is that you're going to have ears to hear something straight from the Holy Spirit. Like, and then you're just going to go off. He's just going to start ministering to you. And that is perfectly fine because we're here to be ministered to by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Just a vessel. So, Father, thank you so much for your word. I thank you that as it goes forth, it is living and active and powerful. Lord, and even though we may have heard something before, I thank you that it is new today. It is fresh today. And we thank you for the fresh man of your word. I ask that you give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you're saying and what you are uh, showing us. And I thank you for your faithfulness to do this. And I thank you for everyone that's here and everyone that's listening. I thank you for the good ground of their hearts open because of the worship has just gone in and tenderized our hearts to receive your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, when I went home after uh, last Wednesday night, it was so beautiful um, because I was alone. There was nothing to have to tend to. And so I got to just go and sit in my quiet chair and just bask in the presence of Jesus and thank him so much for his faithfulness, you know, for the anointing that comes straight from him. We have an anointing from the Holy One. Amen. It's not us. It's just we just have to find the way to make it flow out and, and be his vessel. And um, he just reminded me... Uh, some of the things that we, when we talked about uh, in our authority, walking in our authority, and in Ephesians 6, uh, 6.10, where we talked about last time about the armor of God, uh, one of the things that I, that he kind of illuminated to me was the part where it says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but there is a wrestling match going on, amen? Where there's a wrestling match going on. It's not, it's not something we're just like walking and nothing's happening. No, we're, we're wrestling, there's a there's a battle going on. There's a fight going on, and it's happening 24/7. And so, the, one of the things that he uh, reminded me of is that the policeman. And so, when you see that policeman out on the road or driving down the road, that man didn't just walk in one day and say, "Hey, I'm going to be a policeman today." And they handed him his uniform and his badge and his gun and his handcuffs. Right? No, there was some training that had to go on quite a bit of intensive training that had to go on, right? And so when he says, I want to be a policeman, they're like, okay, well, here, sign here, and then you're going to go here. Well, this is exactly what happened to Dwayne Hillis, and this is what the Lord reminded me about. We were so young and kind of had hit a brick wall, and, and so Dwayne had been talking to some guys who, it was back in 1984, 85, let's see, somewhere in there, a long time ago, and he, my husband has always wanted to fly. Ever since he was a little boy, he's always wanted to fly a plane. And so we had, he had no idea how that was going to happen, but somebody started talking to him about the military and how they give you an opportunity to fly. So we started talking to a recruiter, and the recruiter convinced him that, yeah, you just have to pass this test, and they, you go through this, um, I can't remember what it's called, but you go through this whole thing, and it t shows you what you're really good at. But you can definitely, you know, you can... If you, if you have it, you can, you can do it. If you can pass the test, you can do it. So they convinced him to join. And so he, he, um, he went in, he joined the Army because they flew the really great airplanes, right? 
Anyway, he's, uh, so he gets in there, and he, he goes through some of the tests, and they, and they finds out. So he's already in. He's in. He doesn't pass the hearing test to fly. And he's just devastated, devastated. But they said, but you know what you would really be good at? Because the, this test that you took, it shows that you would really be good with this. Why don't you be on the explosive ordnance disposal? Yeah, you can defuse bombs. Wait, what? We went from flying airplanes to being on a landmine, being on a field with like, like what? Like I'm 22 years old and I'm saying, what are, what are we talking about here? Anyway, so he goes, first of all, to basic training, six weeks of basic training. And in that place, they give you your uniform, your boots, all the stuff you're going to need, everything. You're suited up for the army. And they have given you a little bit of delegate authority, but you're going to learn the basics in this time, right? So he goes there for six weeks, and then they send him for advanced individual training, AIT. And he has to go there. In the middle of all this, I've had a baby, and he's off in Redstone, Alabama. And in this place, he's learning a little bit about what it looks like to be on the bomb squad. And he's calling me. We don't have cell phones back then. He's calling me every night. He's like, oh, babe, wow, this is real exciting, and it's really hard, and there's a lot of studying that you have to do and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, and I'm a believer at this time. I'm a zealous believer. Like, I have no wisdom. I have no knowledge, but I'm zealous for Jesus. And he has filled me with his spirit, and I'm like, babe, you got this. You can do this. Now, he hasn't had this experience yet. He thinks that I'm a little bit of a freak show. He does. He's like, I don't know what's happened, but okay. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Jesus has just changed my life. Anyway, so he goes through all of this process, and it takes a lot of time. And he has to learn a lot to be able to go and do his job. And just like us as believers, Jesus isn't going to stick you out there on the front lines if you haven't learned something. And it's really, really important to know the word of God, because this is your only, it's your only weapon. Everything else is like, it's protecting you, right? Everything else is just for your protection, but the armor of God, you have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We have to have the word. And so just like when Dwayne went in, he had to have those words that were written down that he had to learn, he had to memorize before he could go out, and they were actually going to trust him to go out onto and defuse a bomb. So do you think that my faith was increased? Do you think I got in the word and started praying and finding out what God's word says about protection? What God's word says about wisdom? That the Lord would fill my husband with the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him so that when he went out onto the land, he would have that little like, you know, that little like, uh, yeah, don't go there. Don't do that. Hold on right there. And the Lord has been so faithful. And I, I can't tell you how I, I saw how awesome God moved during that time. But if I had just sat back and just like decided, okay, babe, just go do your thing. Go do your thing and I'm going to go do my thing. And if I wasn't engaged and, and focused on what was happening and what was going on, who knows what would happen. It's so important to stay engaged and stay in agreement and find out what is God's plan for this? What is God's plan for our life? What is God's plan for our family? So when you became a believer in Jesus, you got recruited. 
into the army of God. And I was thinking about that little kid song. I'm not going to sing it because I can't sing, but it's like, um, I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never zoom over the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. And that's what we're, that's how we need to be looking at it. You have been recruited and you may be a private in the army because you know nothing, right? And the funny thing about it was when Dwayne was, Dwayne had gotten uh, promoted to sergeant, but he never went in and got his papers changed. So whenever I had our second child, Michael, when we went into the hospital at Fort Knox, uh, Fort Knox, uh, Kentucky, I went in to have this baby and they put me in a room with three other women because he was a private. And so he came in, Dwayne came in and went to go find me. And he's like, what are you doing in here? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm having a good time. I'm like with three other mamas who just had babies. And he's just like, you're not supposed to be, you're supposed to have your own room. I'm like, why? So he goes into the front and starts talking to them and, and says to them, it's like, I'm, I'm a E5 in the, in the army. And it's like, my wife should have her own room or at least, you know, this is crazy. Anyway, they said, where's your paperwork? Where's your paperwork? So what do you think that if the enemy comes up to you, he's like, where's your paperwork? That's what he did to Jesus. What is the word? You know, he's like, hey, if you're the son of God, and Jesus is like, "Mm -mm. I'm not here as the son of God. I'm here as the son of man, and I'm going to show my family how this is done. It is written. He tells the devil, right? It is written. It is written. It is written every single time. And that's why it's so important for us to know what is written, what is written about you, what is written about your family, what is written about your circumstances, your future, everything that God has for you, it is written. But if you don't know what's written, guess what? You get to, you live by default. And that's not God's plan for you. God's plan is for you to be actively involved in the army of God. Going forward, we're supposed to be, like I said last time, we're fitly joined together like a body. Every part knowing what their part is in it and then doing it. And if you're wanting to be, like the word says, it's like if the hand wants to be the foot or if the, or if the eye wants to be something else, it's just like that's where we get messed up. It's like find out, get with Jesus, Right? Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Uh, Psalms 139.14 says that a book has already been written about you. It's already been written. He didn't consult you about it. He wrote it about you, and now he wants you to find out what it says, and he wants you to do it. And it's specifically designed just for you. Your book's not written for me. And I can't tell you how long I went through life wishing I was somebody else. And wanting to be gentle like someone else and have peace like someone else and be able to walk like somebody else. And Jesus is like, but that's not who I created you to be. I need a cheerleader. Your husband needs a cheerleader. Your church needs a cheerleader. Your town needs a cheerleader. They need somebody that's going to just be able to exhort and encourage them. And that's the gift that God placed on the inside of me. So when I get up here, it's just like, I'm going to give you a little teach. I'm going to give you a little preach, but I'm going to encourage you about where we're going in the body of Christ. We have to be united in one mind and one spirit going forward with what Jesus has called us to do. So 2 Timothy 2, I think we read this last time, but we're going to read it again. 
Uh, no, that's Hebrews. Yeah, let me just read this really quick because I just said this about Jesus. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside. Everybody say, lay aside. Lay it aside, every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So there is a race set before you. We're supposed to run with endurance, which means it's not a, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And when you look at the church back in the, in the church of Acts, it didn't take 95 years. Jesus appeared to John in Revelations. 95 years not even a century, and Jesus is already having to appear to John and say, I need you to go talk to the churches. 95 years. It was only 95 years before we start slacking off and getting complacent and falling back and losing our first love and, you know, kind of letting in some of the old, you know, things. You know, you go back and read the letters and revelations about what Jesus was saying to him. It's just complacency and falling back. It's not laying aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. So what I'm saying is it happened back then. They were on fire. Thousands and thousands of people were getting saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. But in 95 years, because it was 95 AD when Jesus appeared to, to John on the Isle of Patmos, and he wrote it, and he says, this is what Jesus says to the churches. And I don't even know if those churches are even there. They were the seven churches of Asia. And I don't even know if they're, I, don't, I haven't done the research to find out if they're still there, but so now we are like 2,000 years in. And so Jesus is looking for that remnant to say, listen, don't forget your first love. And remember that it's all about me. It's all about me. And if you're, it's the love of God on the inside of us that allows us, that compels us to love and want to reach out to other people. And if that love becomes stale, because love never fails, right? And faith works by love. So if our love walk isn't mature and we're not able to walk in the God kind of love, then we're going to, be, that we're going to fall back. We're going to be one of those letters that John wrote to the churches, that Jesus actually wrote to the churches through John. He was just like, this is what I'm saying to them. And so he's like, okay, I'll write it down. You know, you can imagine he was so grieved in his heart because John loved Jesus so much. So when he appeared to him, he fell on his face and he was just like, oh my gosh, it's you. Like, I didn't think I was going to see you again until, you know, we got to heaven and he's standing here in front of him. So Jesus can still appear. Have you heard like people, there's stories all over. You can, you can go on YouTube and people will tell stories about how Jesus has appeared to them. But that's not his plan. He's like, I'm sending you. Like, I put my spirit in you. I want you to go. It shouldn't be my job. I'm seated at the right hand of the Father, and I've given you all power and authority. I want you to go forth and be my ambassador. I want you to go forth and be my person of reconciliation. I want you. He's like, I don't want to come back down. I want you to go do it. Amen? So we're the ones who are called to do that. Um, so anyway, second, so that's the thing. So let me finish this. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And as we're running, we're looking to Jesus. That word looking is like undivided, undivided attention. Like we're focused on Jesus. We're not looking to the right and to the left. What's so-and-so doing? What's so-and-so doing? No, we're looking to Jesus. It says the author and finisher of your faith, who for the joy, joy that was set before him, endured the cross. So here's him enduring it. He endured the cross. 
He endured the cross so that that was his joy so, and despised the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He endured all this so that we could be with him forever. Amen. Now, if you're a child of God, you're always going to be a child of God. Nothing can take that away like you are a child of God. It's what are you going to do with your time on this earth so that when you stand before him, what are you going to be able to hand him? What he did for us, it just, we need to give him everything and say, Lord, I don't, I don't know what that looks like for me. You can say that, Lord, I don't know what that looks like for me. So you get in his presence and you say, Jesus, I want to, I want to give you all. Just like the song we sang tonight, take all of me, everything, and, and find out. But you, you can't go, you can't do it, you can't endure something if you don't have the, the capacity on the inside of you to. Like, if somebody tells you to go run a race and you haven't conditioned yourself to run a race, you're not going to get very far. So you have to start somewhere. And I'm telling you, like, you can remain a private for your whole life and just get into heaven and say, I'm born again, I'm here, yay, hooray. But when you see Jesus, when you see Jesus and he looks you in the eyes, you're going to know without him saying a word. Are you going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant? That's our prayer. That's what you want to hear. We don't want to just become complacent. And I just feel like that the time that we're living in and with everything that went through with COVID, that we've become really complacent with our relationship with Jesus and with others. Like we, we need to focus on, it's all about relationships. That's all we're taking to heaven with us. Souls, souls and relationships. That's all we're taking. And now that my mom's there, she's part of that great cloud of witnesses. You know, I want to make her proud. I want to make her proud. I want her to look down over that banister and say, there she is. She's the one I, I prayed for. She prayed me into the kingdom, and she prayed me through to where I was able to step into what I feel like God's calling me to do. And so I, I just know we all have that. We all have the great cloud of witnesses of people who are rooting for us and saying, yes, you got this. Let's do this. You can do it. Let's go. And I just feel like, linking arms together and, and saying, we're going to do this together. As a body of Christ, we're going to go forward. We're going to fulfill the destiny that Jesus has for us. We're going to do it. We're saying we're going to do it. Uh, so 2 Timothy, we've, uh, let's see here. Is that right? 2 Timothy, hold on. A tattered little Bible. Yeah. So 2 Timothy 2, 3 says, you therefore, here's that word again, you must therefore endure hardship. <laughs> no one wants to hear that. We don't want hardship. We don't want to hear hardship. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, because no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So one of the things that the Lord showed me is that, uh, we don't want to get entangled in what's going on in the world. And the thing that he showed me was that Jesus, the whole time, if you go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the whole time Jesus was on the earth, he was in a country that was taken over by a, a hostile government. And he never addressed them one time. Not one time you can see where Jesus ever addressed the Romans or the, the government of any, he didn't do it. 
he went about preaching about the the uh, preaching about God. He was telling he was going about doing good, healing everyone, and teaching them about faith and how to have faith. So we don't need to we don't need to get entangled with what's going on in the world. We need to find out what's going on in the kingdom of God and start bringing that into into reality here. It's something's going on here. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Bring it down into the earth. We have to do that. That's the only way it's going to happen. We can finish this thing if we'll all just get in agreement that it's not about what's happening here. It's not about the next election. It's not about the next disease. It's not about that. That's a distraction of the enemy. I mean, even in the Old Testament, Psalms 107.20 says that he sent his word and he healed them and delivered them of all their diseases. All. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what new things created. It doesn't matter what it is. The power of God is here on this earth to heal and deliver and set free. I mean, the bottom line, that's it. So we have to find a way to be connected as we're looking to Jesus. We're not looking around and getting distracted and getting offended and getting whatever it is that keeps us from focusing on what God's calling us to do. I'm just so compelled that if, if we don't do this, we really have to focus on this next generation that's coming my children and my grandchildren because I see so many that are clueless, clueless. No one's shown them, no one's taught them, uh, and they're just like floating. There, there's no anchor, there's no foundation, there's nothing for them to hold on to. They're being tossed about to and fro with every wind of doctrine. They have no idea. And even the word of God is coming under attack more than ever. I received an email um, in my workplace. Uh, I received an email from someone that was trying to respond to David Cook. And he just went, He just. I just quit reading it because he just started going on and on about how Christianity is heresy and about the Bible and everything. I'm just like, I just, I just deleted it right away because he was trying to come against the word of God, whether it's New King James or however it's written. And, I, and what I want to say is it's like, it's too late, bud. It's too late. This, this Bible right here, I've got every translation, but this one is the New King James Version, and it has transformed my life. It has completely changed and transformed my life because it is the word of God. The anointing is on it. So when you read it and you're looking for Jesus and you're looking for the Father and the Holy Spirit, you're going to find it in here. I don't care who did it. It's been around forever and it's not going anywhere. It is living and active and powerful. And I believe that it's, I believe that there's such a, an attack from the enemy to try to discredit it. But we are his ambassadors. We have to let people know, no. And you know what you do? You tell them, this is how it's changed my life. These are the scriptures God gave me as when I was going through this ordeal. This is the scripture God gave me when I was going through my healing journey. This is the scriptures that God gave me when my mom was going through this. This is the scriptures that God gave me when I was walking through this. It is living and you are the living epistle of it. You're the ones who have to take it and say, oh, 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 oh no, no, no. Don't even go there with me. This, this thing has changed my life. The, 
Living Translation has changed my life. I love it. New King James. Amplified. Oh, my gosh. The Amplified, sometimes it just makes me tired because there's so many words, but they're so good. It's so amazing. Scriptures about your children. I, all the scriptures I prayed over my children when they were little and till even today and praying the word over them. And when somebody comes to me and they have an issue and they're complaining about something that's going on, I'm like, Lord, give them a word for that. Give them a word to stand on for that. Or the Lord will give me a scripture and I'll be like, hey, you know what the word of God says about that? Having a word fitly spoken in due season. That's why the word needs to be sown in your heart so that it's, it's down on the inside of you so that you can have rivers of living water that are just coming out so that when somebody comes across your path, you don't have to say, oh, hold on a second. Let me go. And I know it's here somewhere there by the coffee stain. No, it's in you. It's coming out of you. It's flowing out of you. It's the only thing that's coming out. When doubt tries to come, the word of God is what dispels it. Unbelief. You know, Jesus in his own hometown, he could do no mighty works. Jesus, he had done miracles everywhere, miracles and healings everywhere, but he got into his own hometown, and you know what happened? Zero. Because they did not discern who he was. They thought he was the son of a carpenter, and I heard this guy say this, so I'm going to share it. He says, so they went home with a table and chairs. That's all they went home with because they did not discern that he was this, that he was Jesus, the Messiah. Everybody else called him son of David, which meant the Messiah. They were looking for him and they recognized him. And so they ran to him and they were all healed. He said he healed all. But in Jesus's hometown, they recognized him as the son of a carpenter. Oh, that's just that carpenter's boy. We don't know what he's up to, but, you know, we're going to stay away from that. And their unbelief kept them from receiving. And so that's what the enemy wants to come in with. He wants to come in with unbelief. It didn't work for them. Well, they didn't get healed. Well, they didn't do that. It doesn't matter. The word of God has to be the final authority. Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And then he commissioned us and said, the works that I do, guess what? Greater works are you going to do. I'm ready to see that. I'm ready to see that. And so that's what's going to happen is it's going to happen on the inside. There's going to be an explosion of the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you when this word becomes alive and you're like, no devil in hell can stand against me. Jesus already said, right? He said it. I give you authority. I give you authority to trample. So we're trampling on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And that word, that authority is, means superhuman delegated influence and strength. That's the, that's the authority that he's given you. But we, what happens? We get tired. I don't know what happens. It's just, I guess it's human nature. We just get complacent. But we have to rise up. We have to pull, pull on our combat boots Put on our big girl panties and say, and big boy britches and say, <laughs> enough is enough. We're done here. We're going to see the kingdom come in our time. We're not waiting for it. It's going to come in our time. And that's what the thing is with the, with the policemen. He's given delegated authority. My husband was given delegated authority. My husband couldn't just go off anywhere and just start defusing bombs. They gave him a call and said, hey. We need you to come check out something. And then he would have to have his, the, the guy in charge over him, he would have to say, 
were going together, and then that guy would make the call to say whether or not they're going to go forward. The same thing with the, with the policemen. We're, they're delegated authority. They have to go through. There is so much stuff they have to learn. And every state is different. Every place you go to is different. The laws are different. They had to learn all the laws before they could go out there and actually know what to do and know what, how, they could, how they could actually, uh, what's the word, like, Enforce the law. Thank you. Enforce the law. And so it's the same for us. We've been delegated authority to enforce the law. So that's my message. Hallelujah. We are delegate. We have been delegated the authority and we are ambassadors for Jesus, ambassadors of reconciliation. And when you go forward, when you walk out of these doors, I just want you to just have like a steel rod in your back and you're just focus forward to Jesus saying, Lord, what is it you want me to do? How can I enforce your law today? How can I, when you wake up in the morning, just remember the armor of God, take out the sword of spirit and say, how can I enforce your law today, Lord? How can I take out the enemy today? Who do I need to take out the enemy for today? Whose back can I have today? I want to have someone's back today. Oh my goodness. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to come and share your heart, my heart. I thank you so much. Father, give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in this, in our authority, and walking in our authority, and being able to uh, just take authority and trample over the enemy and all of his ways and all of his devices, and that we're not ignorant of him, that we... We just come before you and ask you to show us our hearts and any places, Lord, where you need to fill it up. We just ask you to fill those places in our hearts. We want to be a part of your army. We want to be active duty for you, Father. We want to walk in the active duty that you have called us to, Lord. Help us find our calling. Help us to stay in our lane and do what you've called us to do and be who you've called us to be because that's what your grace is for. We thank you for it. I thank you for every person that's here. I just pray a blessing over them as they go home. I thank you for revelation that comes to their heart about who, how you see them and the book that you've written for them and that, it, that you just show it to them and that it all comes to pass, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.